Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please stand with me if you are able, and we'll come together and worship through song. The ransom from him. 
church okay let's try that one more time good morning church and good morning online all right I'm glad we're awake we'll get you blood pumping and moving here Um, I have a few announcements my name is Heather Hampton and I am part of the youth department one of the teachers there so let's start off with tonight we have an opportunity for all of you Join us at 6 o'clock in the Activity Center as Randy Darr leads a class through Timothy Keller's The Reason for God. The panel will discuss how can God send people to hell? How can God be full of love and wrath at the same time? That's deep. So be ready for that. But it's going to be a good class. Also, business meeting followed by prayer and share will be this Wednesday at 6.30 in the Activity Center. You still have time for the quilt fundraiser. If you've not seen this quilt yet, it is absolutely beautiful. Um, You can purchase a ticket for a dollar or six for five dollars. And the drawing is at the Thanksgiving dinner on November 20th. Make sure you purchase a ticket or don't because I really want to win it. So you can make my eye. It's a lot better because I'm not a lucky person. So Um, along with that, the Thanksgiving meal, November 20th is our Thanksgiving dinner. Um, You may sign up outside of the doors here, and um, we ask that you also, if you'd like to sign up for a dessert or salad, you can sign up there. Everyone is invited. Even if you are not a church member, you are a guest, we invite you to come. And I promise you, the food will be amazing, just so you know. If you have friends, invite your friends. Kane has his hand up. He will be there. He knows the food is good. It'll be turkey, and you will love turkey, Kane Hampton. Don't worry, okay? Also, along with that, shoeboxes. How many of you have brought your shoeboxes in already? Oh, I like those hands, okay? These are due today. So if you've not brought them in, get them in immediately, okay? This is for Operation Christmas Child, um, and hopefully we've got a large stack of these so that we can get those sent to kids who really are excited to see those and deserve those. Along with that, some of you may not know, um, the youth department here at Emmanuel Baptist Church, we adopt 10 students from the East St. Louis um, Christian Activity Center, and we spend an afternoon, evening, and the youth department goes and buys for these 10 children. Um, And then we wrap them, and hopefully this year we'll be able to take a group of youth down to see the Activity Center. Um, If you've not seen the Activity Center in East St. Louis. It is an amazing place. They have an amazing ministry. Um, It's a place that really is laid on my heart a lot. These kids come there to get fed spiritually, um, but also fed through tutoring, um, snacks, those kind of things. It's, It's a real ministry to those children there. So we are asking for donations to help us purchase gifts 
Um, if you'd like to donate, you can mark that on your envelope or check the appropriate box on the online giving. And all that money goes, we divide it into our 10 students and we do, divide that out. Also, if you have an interest in hanging out with some cool teenagers and going shopping with them, you are more than welcome. We are getting ready to set that date. The kids are looking at their calendars. Um, we would love to have help. Also, if you like to wrap Christmas presents, we are more um, excited to invite you to come and help us wrap all those presents for those students. Um, if you are interested on a bid on the greenhouse, the information is right outside the doors. We are very excited today, church, to invite um, a guest speaker today, Shannon Ford, who is the mission director from IBSA, to come and share with us. Um, Cliff says that this is Good Preaching Sunday. We'll see. I, I disagree with that a little bit, you know, but that's Cliff's outtake. But we are very excited to have Shannon with us today. And now I'd like to invite Charlie Baker as our deacon to come lead us in prayer. Can we go to the Lord in prayer? Our most gracious and all-wise Heavenly Father, I thank you very much for this beautiful day that you've given to us. Lord, uh, this congregation that's in here and that's on the line, Lord, that, uh, that come to praise and worship you, Lord. We thank you very much for them. If there are any in the room or in the uh, uh, audience, Lord, of the uh, media, Lord, we just ask that if they knew, know you not, that today that it might be made evident that they need to know you as personal Savior and Lord. We thank you very much for these activities that Heather just gave us uh, a list of, Lord, that we can uh, plug in to be a, a light in this world, Lord, to to shine for you, Lord. We just ask you now to uh, be with Shannon Ford, Lord, as he uh, brings the message later on, Lord, that uh, through this good preaching, Lord, that we might uh, see that we need to have you as personal Savior and Lord, and that we can be used by you in any way that you see fit. For it's in Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. Please tell us if you are able, we'll come back together and worship through song. Water you turned into wine And opened the eyes of the blind There's no one like you None like darkness you shine and out of the ashes we rise there's no one like you none like you cause our God is greater our God is stronger God you are higher than any God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. Into the darkness you shine, and out 
out of the ashes we rise there's no one like you Our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? What could stand against? stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against us? Our God is with us, then what could stand against? What could stand against? Our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God, our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome in power, our God, our God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and un 
kept in heaven for you. Savior say, thy strength indeed is small, child of weakness watch and pray, find in me thine all in all, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe, sin left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow Lord now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change the leper spots and melt the heart of stone. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as stone. And when before the throne I stand in him complete, Jesus died my soul to save, my lips shall still repeat. Jesus paid it all, all to him I Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Oh, praise the Lord who paid my debt and raises my up from the dead. Oh, praise the Lord who paid my debt and raises my up from the dead. Oh, praise the Lord who paid my debt and raises my up from the dead. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised his life up from the dead. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had 
had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Please be seated. Odd for me to be here on a Sunday. It seems like I'm here on Saturdays or someday during the week. It's my first time to be here Sunday morning for worship with you. I've been here for disaster relief training, which was uh, in April, and then came back again for equip training, which was a really well attended event with people all across the area coming. And and then there was a guy who had a birthday party and showed up for that and hung out, and ate good food. And but it's it's different to be with the congregation on a Sunday. On a Sunday, you, you, you see the faces behind the congregation. You get to meet the people that make up the church. And all the things that you hear and are aware of, like when you walk through a building, I'm one of those people who reads things and notices things. But now I get to attach them with faces and people that belong to the congregation. So as a missions director for Illinois Baptist State Association, we get a lot of calls to say, can you come fill a pulpit? There's a pastor sick or there's been a pastor who has to travel. And when, when Cliff asked me to come, I said, well, hey, wh- where are you going? What's going to be happening? He goes, I got some stuff. Can you just come and preach? And I said, yeah, I'd be glad to. And I was like, you're going to be here? And he goes, yeah. So this is my first time to preach in someone's pulpit in Illinois, and they're here. <laughs> that's, a little, that's a little nerve-wracking. <laughs> like a, it's like, oh, my goodness, he's, he's actually here and watching. This is, this is, this is anxiety-giving. So what I thought I'd do is just do a message that I think we should all get a good review on. It's things we know. You probably won't hear a single thing you hadn't heard before, and you're going to end up going, I knew that, but it was good to review it. I knew it, but it was good to be reminded. And so today we're going to be looking at the supremacy of Christ Jesus found in Colossians. And it's one of those epistles. The Colossians is an epistle. It's a, it's a letter, a letter to the church. Epistles are different. They're not like the narratives we find in the Gospels, which, which tell the story of what's been going on in the life and ministry of Jesus. The epistles are written to an individual or a collective, a church, and it's usually addressing some particular issue. And some of them are very linear. They just kind of walk through an argument and try to un- unpack it all and try to correct everything. And others are kind of like John's letters, which kind of, you know, start here and they kind of wander around and get back here. But the whole time you're going, I'm following, I'm following, I understand. Well, this one is addressing heresy in the church. So I'm not here to address heresy, but I'm here to remind us this is how we can be right and understand who Christ is and fully embrace him. So let's go ahead and begin. Let's, if you have your Bibles, the scriptures will be on the screen. This is Colossians chapter 1, and I'm going to be reading from verses 15 through 23. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. 
For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all this fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed in every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, have become a servant. This is the word of the Lord. Well, to work through this text, let's, let's seek to answer the question, who is Christ Jesus? Now, many scholars think that this first portion of the text, verses 15 through 20, are based on a hymn that might have been written. And in fact, if you look in your Bible, some of them actually have it printed in a way that it looks like psalms, like a, verses of, of a hymn, and it's separated out. Not every, not every Bible publisher does it that way, but many of them do. And so it's almost like Paul saying, you sing this at church, but have you really grasped it? You've sang this and you've believed it, you say, but now you have people maybe telling you something else. Are you, are you hanging on to the centrality of that message? Uh, we just sang a song, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. We sing that, but do we really grasp the depth of that? So Paul references this saying, let's go look at this. Let's figure out exactly what's going on here. So let's kind of work through this. So the first line that I read was, he is the image of the invisible God. Uh, an image of the invisible God, it's like the exact representation. In, in Greek, it's a, it's a funny word, ikon, and in English, we would probably know it better as icon. <laughs> There's going to be an icon up on the screen, and you're going to look at this, and you're going to go, well, who is this fella? Well, this is St. Nicholas. Getting close to Christmas, we might as well start thinking about that. It's okay to jump ahead if we're talking about a saint, isn't it? But what Katie and I noticed, my wife Katie, we lived in Ukraine. That was our missionary exposure. We lived there nearly 18 years and spent more years in the Czech Republic. But as we walked into churches there, we would see images on the wall. But what we noticed was every time you saw an icon of, for instance, St. Nicholas, every church, every representation was exactly the same. When you walked in, you would go, there he is. You'd notice him. There was no, there's no variance. And that was, that was out of a sense of making sure you understood what was going on. The same thing, let's look at the next slide. This is an icon that they have of Jesus. Now, people always can say, well, was that, does that really how Jesus looked? Well, if you grew up in a context of orthodoxy and you walked in church after church after church after church after church after church after church, you would continue to see this particular icon, you would go, that's Jesus. And they use the icons as a way of teaching also. So if you have a, a semi-literate people, if you go back hundreds and hundreds of years, 
and you're trying to teach the, the stories of the Bible and you're going to illustrate it out of a life of a saint and you would point up to the icon of the saint and tell their story or you'd point up to this saint and tell another story or you'd point back to Jesus and tell his story. It was like a way to have continuity. Well, Jesus is the icon or the image of the vis- invisible God. Some were born timely and got to see him. We get to see a representation in an icon or an art. But it's not the same thing as seeing Jesus face to face. But imagine being the person who got to see him face to face and you're coming in contact with holy God. That, to me, would be absolutely astounding. This person who's preaching God's word, but is he himself also holy God? Let's continue. Verse 15 in the second part says this. He is the firstborn over all creation. Uh, The word firstborn, which is also in verse 15 and 18, uh, it needs explanation. As the firstborn over all creation, he has the priority or the authority of the firstborn prince in a king's household. That's what that word means. It's the one who has supremacy. It's the one who has the birthright, the one that has authority. That's what it's getting across. There's a really crazy Greek word, prototokos. You're going, great, it's a Greek lesson. He's given us a Greek lesson. But it clarifies the sense that this is the one who has preeminence. He is the firstborn of all creation. He is the preeminent one over all creation. He is the inheritor of it. Well, let's continue. Verse 16 says, By him all things were created. Jesus is the Lord of creation, whether on earth or in heaven, visible or invisible, Jesus created them all. It doesn't matter if it's a spiritual or material. He is Lord. The Apostle John wrote, All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. John 1, 3. There could be thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, anything we might consider as powerful. They were created through him. Created through him. Sometimes we need to be reminded of that when we see the chaos of things around us here on earth. Some people say, well, that chaos, that that includes bad things too. Well, that's the fallen nature of this earth. A perfect creation was created for us, yet we chose sin. And now we're born with a nature that continues to sin. It continues to fight against all things that are good and pure. That sin continues to try to wrap its noose around us. So remember this. Let's continue. He is also the head of the body, the church. None of us will ever be the head of the church. Sorry, Pastor. We may play a part in the body. We have a role in the body of Christ. But we are not the head. Problems happen in churches when we get confused about that. We begin to act as if maybe we are in control and in charge. But really, Christ is in charge. God's word is what governs us. And each one of us yield to that to say, is this what God outlines for us? And that's where friction sometimes comes. We try to say, well, I see it from this way. I see it from that way. But in humility, we should be able to come to a conclusion that honors one another and honors Christ. That's what we need to do. Well, let's continue. The scripture says, he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. He was the first to die and come back to life to never die again. (laughs) 
Other people died and were brought back to life, but they died again. He was the first to die, brought back to life, and never died again. Never. 1 Corinthians 15, 20-22 says, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. We understand that all die. Some of us carry grief because of loss. Loss of a parent, a child, a loved one. We carry that grief with us and it, and it hurts. But those who are in Christ have hope. And we long for a day of being reunited with those that have gone before us. Katie and I had a, a colleague. Um, she's a grandmother. She's a very sensitive person. Uh, she has grieved her father's death for many years on the, on the anniversary of his death on Facebook. She posts a memory of him. She, she lets us all know, and many of us knew her father. And so we get brought into her grief. Well, she's also not just a daughter, but a grandmother. They, they lost a grandchild. And this past week, I was reminded that little Bridger had, had lost his life. And it was his birthday. So we're, you know, we're celebrating his birthday as we mark time. But in heaven, time's eternal. And it was really sweet to have her mention that, you know, Bridger's in Christ's arms. Bridger's secure in Christ. And what a great hope we have when we know our loved one or ourselves are secure in Christ. That's what we all desire, is to be secure in Christ. Well, let's continue. All God's faithfulness dwells in Him. God wanted His fullness, meaning completeness. All of His fullness dwells in Him. All of His completeness, His totality dwells, meaning permanently in Christ. Paul wanted to explain to the Colossians that Christ is God's dwelling place. Therefore, Christ is divine. He is sovereign. He is preeminent. Christ perfectly displays all the attributes and the activities of God in spirit, word, wisdom, glory, and more. Every bit of the essence of God is found in the person of Jesus Christ. When you read through your New Testament and you read the, the parables that Jesus shares or you read the narratives where he has interactions with people, and you realize people are having a God moment. <laughs> Stop and think about that. Whether you're a, a blind man on the side of the road and calling out, Jesus, Jesus, have pity on me. And he says, what do you want? I, I, I want to be healed. I want to see. All right, you're healed. It's a God moment. Whether you're laying by the pool and you're lame and you're saying, I can't get into the pool when the water stirs. And Jesus says, what do you want? Well, I, I want to be healed. You're healed. When you're on your knees in front of Jesus, caught in sin, and he says, I don't accuse you, go and sin no more. It's a God moment. Can you imagine having that type of a God moment face to face with Jesus right then? And some of you are thinking, well, yeah, I, I have had that experience. I've had God moments here on earth. I've had them. I've had times where I just felt overwhelmed with the rightness of what to do because it so impressed upon me that God was speaking. God was correcting. God was guiding. God was guiding to me. 
I had one of those moments. It was June 16th, 1993. I can tell you exactly where I was. Of all crazy things, I was at a day's end. It was during the Southern Baptist Convention. I saw the presentation for people to say, come to the former Soviet Union. The doors are wide open for missionaries to go to the former Soviet Union. And I remember sitting there going, I watched people flood from east to west when I was a soldier in Germany and did Bible studies with Romanians mostly at refugee houses. And I, I knew then that God was calling me to ministry, but I knew then without a doubt God was saying, and you are to go. So I sat there at the day's end and, and, and made myself a little contract. Uh, I had a little piece of paper. I got my pencil. They didn't, I couldn't find a pen. There was a pencil there. And I, and I wrote on the little day's end piece of stationery by the phone, I accept a call to FMB service. I dated it, and I signed it. <laughs> it was a God moment for me, and I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a contract with God. Now, that was June 16th of 93. It wasn't until the fall of 1998 when we were appointed, and it wasn't until January of 1999 that we landed for the first time in Ukraine. And after 23 years of missionary service, one of the hardest things for me to do about saying yes to God about coming to Illinois was reaching in my wallet and taking out my laminated contract that I had with God about being a foreign missionary and pulling it out of my wallet that I'd carried from the time I had it laminated until getting back here and saying, Thank you, God. Thank you for that moment in time when I knew without a doubt you had said, go. And thank you that my wife could nod and say, yes, I understand he's calling us to go. But I had just the same certainty of coming here. And people are saying, did you stop at the day's in and get a contract? Is it laminated? Is it in your wallet? You know, God moments aren't always exactly the same. But I had such a peace about coming here that I knew that it was God's timing and God's blessing. Does it mean it was easy? Does it mean it's hard? No, it just meant obedience. So I hope that you've had those God moments and I hope that you too will be able to say, I have followed after God. Well, there's another slide. Let's go ahead and forward up again. This is a quote I want to read to you. It's from a uh, theologian and martyr, a guy named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And I'll just read it, so bear with me. A Christian comes to others only through Jesus Christ. Among men there is strife. He is our peace, says Paul of Jesus Christ in Ephesians 2.14. Without Christ there is discord between God and man and between man and man. Christ became the mediator and made peace with God and among men. Without Christ, we should not know God and could not call upon him nor come to him. But without Christ, we would also not know our brother, nor could we come to him. The way is blocked by our own ego. Christ opened up the way to God and to our brother. Now Christians can live with one another in peace. They can love and serve one another. They can become one but they can continue to do so only by way of Jesus Christ. Only in Jesus Christ are we one. Only through him are we bound together to eternity. He remains the one mediator. 
This is written by a man who was understanding the evils, the evils of Nazi Germany. He was understanding, speaking up and saying, this is not right. He was later imprisoned and died in a prison camp. But that idea of being one, we have that in our wedding ceremonies, do we not? Do we not talk about the oneness between a man and a woman when they're, mar- when they're married and brought together? And people always say, well, why do marriages fail? And they'll give a reason. They'll say, oh, it was financial, financial difficulties. They had financial problems. They, they couldn't agree on money. Or they'll say, well, it was personality. They, they, I, just knew it, never, I knew it wasn't going to work. They, they just want to match their personalities had friction. Any number of other things. But I think what Bonhoeffer brought us to, to understand is that it's when Christ seeps out of a relationship. See, you and I can't have a right relationship without Christ. Uh, I can't call my, my brother Cliff and say, brother, I'm dealing with something. Do you got time? I can't even do that because my ego is too large if I don't know that together we're in Christ. I can't say to my wife, I'm sorry, that was dumb. (laughs) Forgive me. I can't say that if I don't know that in Christ she'll forgive me and in Christ she knows I'm genuine and sincere that I'm regretting my action. You and I know that there's going to be friction in this world. There's going to be times when there's conflict in our closest relationships. But that closeness that we have in Christ is what will overcome any of those frictions. So just imagine if you could, imagine this. Imagine if you had a Jesus filter on your brain and on your mouth. Now, some of us are saying, that would be a great idea. Every time you have a thought, it runs through the Jesus filter and all of a sudden it comes out pure and holy. Every time it comes off your lips, there's like a Jesus filter between you and the other person. And somehow, anything that could be misunderstood that was negative, didn't build the spirit, was was critical, was harsh, unjust, all of a sudden it got filtered out. Wouldn't wouldn't that be great if we had a built-in Jesus filter? Some of you are going, I wouldn't have much to say. (laughs) Some of us are going, I talk all the time because I could all be filtered and be good. Brother and sister, the Holy Spirit is that filter for us. And it should give us a check and cause us to pause. So if you can't keep that in mind, just just imagine if you're having a conversation with a brother. And just imagine if Jesus is standing between you. And everything you say, it's actually going right past Jesus to your brother. And everything they say back, it's going from them through Jesus to you. Would we be more mindful of how we speak and how we conduct ourselves? If we could actually see a a visual Jesus filter right there, would that be something? Well, I know that a Jesus filter would be good for me, and I pray that it would be good for you. And he's there for us in our relationships and can filter out those things that are wrong. Well, let's continue. Well, if this hymn were to have a chorus, I think maybe the, the lines could go like this. Because of who Christ is, we ought to worship him with praise and thanks. We ought to learn about him, for he is God. We ought to obey him, for he is the ultimate authority. We ought to love him for what he has done for us. There's a lot of singers who put words of scripture to music, and some of them, they do it with excellence, and you hear it, and you go, that is so marvelous what they've done. 
But wouldn't that be great if the chorus of our life was praise and thanks? What if it was a, a sense of wanting to know about God? What if our chorus of life was obedience, knowing that He is our ultimate authority? What if our chorus was just love, love for others as Christ has loved us? That's what we would desire. So I ask the question, who were we before knowing Jesus? Verse 22, 21 says this, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Paul transitions the hymn and gets right to the point. He says to the Colossians, you were alienated from God and you were enemies. Well, some of you are thinking, well, I came to Christ when I was seven years old. I was at vacation Bible school, maybe, or Sunday school, and I, I realized my, my need for a Savior, and I came to him. I was an enemy, and I was, I was, I was against God? Yeah. <laughs> Hang out with two-year-olds. Mine, mine, mine. Why, do, why is that the first word they learn? Why can't they learn yours, yours, yours? No, it's mine, mine, mine. Squabble, grab, peach, pull, tug, bite. No words come out, but the teeth do. It's amazing. If we didn't know what original sin was, you hadn't spent any time with toddlers. What about those sly, manipulative grade schoolers? We won't go into middle schoolers. That's a whole other animal. High schoolers get a little cunning, though, don't they? Okay, I can do this. I can do that. Okay, mom gets in. I was the kid who knew when the garage door opener hit, that was the time to fluff the pillows and turn off the TV. Oh, yep, get the trash out right now, Mom. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a good son. No, I was watching Gilligan's Island, waiting for Bewitch to come on. Then I'd hear that button, I'd hear that noise, I knew, jump up and go. See, parents are sly now. they got cameras all over the place. They're watching you. They track you on your phone. My wife and I can't even go buy, make a purchase anywhere with one of us not getting an indicator. I'll see that it says Myers. I'll say, hey, what's for dinner? I'll, I'll text her and ask her. We can't get away with anything. Everyone's watching all the time. So who were we before knowing Jesus? We were alienated from God. We were enemies in our minds, and we had evil behavior in our souls. So let's answer these questions. Who are we now as disciples? Verse 22. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusations. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Like the Colossians, we are reconciled to God. Brothers and sisters, we can have a holy and blemish-free life in Christ. It's a joyous thing to have. I said, church business meetings coming up, yes? Did I see that in announcements? Oh my goodness, can you imagine a holy and blemish-free church business meeting? Everyone's at peace, no issues, lots of blessings, high fives and hugs, trustees, good report, excellent, deacons, well done, super. What's next? I love this. Treasure, awesome. Holy and blemished, unblemished at all. Holy. Well, let's look through some next slides. Let's see what we've got. 1 Peter 1, 4 through 16 says these. Whoa, I got Philippians. There you go. 
without blemish. Let's go there. So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault in a crooked and depraved generation, in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold on to the word of God. We are to be without blemish. Let's go to the next one. Here it goes. Romans 8.33, free from accusation. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. That is what we all desire, is it not? We want to have no accusations against us. And it's tough sometimes as a church. People will say things about our church and about us and our association with the church. But wouldn't it be great if we just knew? You can say that, but we are so right. We're, we're striving to be all we can in Christ. And if we as a church or I as an individual have done anything to hurt you, please forgive me. How can we reconcile and make it right? Our tendency is to, to bow up and try to defend. But what if we just said, I'm sorry that that hit you that way. Would you like me to try to explain or is there some way I can make this right? I hope that we can do those things as a church. The process of living the Christian life will end with the resurrection and will result in believers being presented to God as his dear and beloved children. There will be no fear. <laughs> there will be no fear for God has already reconciled us to himself and made us acceptable in his sight. I know there will be judgment and we will hang our heads in shame when God judges us. But to have Jesus say, they were reconciled though. They were forgiven. Were they perfect? No. But I've paid the price. I gave my life for them. I've ransomed them. I've redeemed them. Saints of God, you are redeemed. And Paul ends this section of the letter in verse 3 by saying, I, Paul, have become a servant. A servant of what? He was a servant of the gospel. He didn't want to be a servant of his worldly desires or a servant of a law that he could not keep. He wanted to be a servant of the gospel, reconciling people with the hope they can have in Jesus Christ. It was not his gospel. It was Christ's gospel. So brothers and sisters, I've tried to unpack and paint a, a picture of the su supremacy of Christ and who he is and I hope that I've been able to do it, but I'm going to leave you with one last little bonus. And you know this picture. Look at this picture. Well, this is Leonardo da Vinci's famous painting known as The Last Supper. Our Lord's hands are empty, and therein lies an inspiring story. Da Vinci dedicated three years of his life painting this picture. And before he unveiled it, he had a close friend come and look at it. The story says his friend was full of praise. And the friend said, quote, the cup in Jesus' hand is especially beautiful. Well, there's no cup in Jesus' hand. When da Vinci heard that, he began painting out the cup. <laughs> he took the cup away and he says, nothing must distract from the figure of Christ. Jesus is the center. He's the focus. Nothing is to distract from Christ. So often in our lives, things do distract us from Christ. Whether it's a shiny cup with jewels on it that seems out of place, or it's some other thing that 
pulls us away, grabs our attention. Only you know what that is in your life. So if there is something that has stepped in and eroded some of the supremacy of Christ in your life, this is a good time to, to just say, Lord, help me remove that. I don't want anything to stand between you and me. If over the past week or months or even year, years, your, your Jesus filter hasn't been working well and you've, you've uttered harsh words, unkind words, unjust words, seek to reconcile. As best you can, seek to reconcile. Christ reconciled you. Seek to reconcile with others. And as you consider all the things that have been made in this beautiful earth, all the things that you see and marvel, whether it's a newborn child or the harvest that's come in, if you stop to thank anyone first before thanking God, correct that. Thank God first. Christ is supreme, whether we acknowledge him or not. But how glorious it will be, brothers and sisters, if we acknowledge Christ in all of our actions, our words, and our deeds as supreme. May God's blessing be upon you as you ponder these things. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your scripture is very clear to us. It guides us. We thank you that Paul, under conviction, shared importantness of knowing who Christ is. We thank you that the early church sang praises just as we do. We sing praises to you, Father. Search our hearts, search our activities, search our minds. Father, help us to make things right with you and help us to make things right with one another. You reign supremely. Thank you for being the King of kings and Lord of lords. But most of all, thank you for being our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, today the musicians will lead us in a, a hymn. And it may be a time for you to, to sit where you are and pray. It may be a time to say, I got to get up and go take someone's hand and say, forgive me. It may be your day to say, I, I want to identify with Christ. I, I want to I make it right with Christ. Well, Pastor Cliff's here. Feel, feel free to come up to him and just share with him. I know he's ready to receive you. However God's leading you today to be reconciled, do it. Make sure you do that today.
worship your holy name. And on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praise unending. Ten thousand years and then forevermore. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. shared with us from God's Word, he talked about us being in enmity against God, not being right. And today, if, if that's you, let's make it right, okay? That would be the time to ask God to forgive you and, and to have that peace of knowing that you have His forgiveness, that knowing that His gift is your gift. And you've accepted that, knowing that you would have eternal life. And so if you've not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm asking you today to make that decision. The second part of this, particularly as he talked about the Da Vinci painting. I didn't know that story, uh, that, they, they, that he did that. But so often in our life, there are things that are in our way of seeing Jesus. We've, we've painted them in. We've made them more important than they actually are. And we can't see the one that we need to see because of the things that have crept into our life and, and taken a higher importance than they should. And so I'm going to ask you, as we're trying to walk as disciples, you're a believer, then you're trying to walk as a disciple of Christ. Let's walk in a manner that would bring glory and honor to Him. That's what we want to do. And, and lastly, if you want to pray about that, just come and pray. If there's any other decision, maybe it's your days in moment when God is calling you to do something I haven't mentioned it Shannon didn't mention it but God has certainly spoken to you we want to share in that journey we want to share in that work we want to we want to celebrate that we want to walk with you so whatever that decision might be come and make that public to us share it with us let's sing that chorus one more time Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul, I'll worship Your
Father, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to have heard your word. Father, to have our, our hearts, our minds challenged, Lord, to serve you. And Father, pray that as we walk out these doors, Lord, help us to be a light. Father, help us to be a door so that people might find you as their Lord and Savior. Help us to be mindful that even though we didn't go through the IMB or from, through NAM, you've called us to be a missionary to our community, to our workplace, to our homes. And Father, help us to be that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so here's the readings for this week. Exodus, Zechariah, um, 1 Corinthians, and then John. We're almost through the book of John. Okay, and as a matter of fact, we're going to start back. You'll read John again because we're coming up, as he said, on Christmas, right? So we're going to be, be reading through those. Thank you for being here today. Shannon, you want to come back up front here? It has been good to have Shannon House. Can I ask? Will she come? Kate, Kate, Katie will come up here. You've heard her mentioned, okay? And so this is Katie, his wife. Along you you were on camera. Okay, that's what we gotta be concerned about. You got your good side? Yes. Okay, all right. So these guys, Shannon works for IBSA. He's a missions director up there. Uh, he makes things happen in our state. He's coordinating things together. If you want to do something on mission, he's one of the guys you could talk to. Uh, both of them are a lovely couple. We had we've had dinner. Uh, he's been out to charity to preach in the past and and uh we we met him at reno's and had a long lunch matter of fact we were still there when they the staff was eating that's how long we talked so i encourage you to get a, a moment to talk to him to come by and thank him for being here today uh, mostly because you didn't have to hear me preach right <laughs> anyway so it, it is good you know this time i didn't have to be sick to have somebody in and so it's been good to have you here today to preach for us and to hear you expound God's word. I'm thankful for that. Thankful for you guys. Let's go out and serve God together and be about his business and be about making him not only preeminent in the pages of the scripture, but preeminent in the pages of your life. Thank you today. Have a good day. <laughs>